Welcome to the Missouri City View podcast hosted by the Missouri Municipal League. I'm Laura Holloway, your host for today. In this podcast, we share the latest news happening in Missouri local government and highlight the local officials and city employees who make Missouri municipalities a great place to live. Keep up with the latest information for Missouri cities and learn more about MML at MoCities.com. Now on to the podcast. In this episode of the MML City View podcast, we share a quick debriefing of how this year's session ended with the Missouri Legislature. We will also share how you can best establish a relationship with your local legislator and why that is crucial for your community. MML's Executive Director Richard Sheets and Shannon Hawk, Vice President of Government Affairs with AT Government Strategies, join us to share their insight. Richard and Shannon, welcome. Hello, Laura. Thank you for having us. Richard, let's start with you today. You spend a large percentage of your time looking out for city interests at the Missouri Capitol during session. How did it go this year? Well, it started off pretty darn busy. Uh, We had a lot of legislation cutting into local revenues, trying to decrease decrease local revenue sources, uh, primarily with the uh, uh, sales tax exemptions and property tax exemptions and how we assess property, which you know, it's how we fund public services in this in this state and in our country. And there was a real push to cut those local revenue service, uh, sources. Um, also, there's a number of preemption bills ranging from uh, decline cats to um, uh, to tobacco licensing, just all over the board. So it started off with a, a lot of co- bills of concern. And at the end of the day, uh, we dodged most of those bullets. It was a, turned out to be a very good session. Um, we, um, we, and there was a lot of hard work, but also a lot of good luck. You know, things happen in the, in the Senate particular, which stalls out action, which, um, which helps us. Uh, uh, and uh, so it turned out to be a, a pretty good session. We dodged most of the bullets. Well, Shannon, was there anything that surprised you this year? Um, I think the thing that surprised me was the fact that it was such a nail biter the entire session. And then we actually went all the way to the last day with a situation where, you know, it could have changed the whole outcome if certain legislation would have passed on the last day. So we really had to pay attention that day to what was going on as they were continuing to see if there was a pathway to start moving legislation in the Senate. In particular, the basically one of the last bills that was up with the chance of passing was Senate Bill 275, and that would be a um, preemption on sales tax for the sale of electricity, and it would eliminate that sales tax. And that would have meant a lot of money to local governments. And I know that towards the end of session, I was looking at that fiscal note one last time just to kind of touch base with legislators and let them know. And when I noted that we really only had two cities that responded to the fiscal note request on that bill. And I was really glad that they did because it gave me at least two lawmakers to go see. Um, one of those cities put in the fiscal note that it would have cost their city over $12 million annually if that bill would have passed. And so that uh, that once again goes to demonstrate why it is so important to respond to those fiscal notes so that we can, you know, show just exactly how much they cost. Because we're seeing, as Richard said, so many of those bills seeking to eliminate sales tax and all of that sounds good. But when you add them up, they're extremely costly. But we can tell that there is a massive 
wish list of sales taxes that that the legislature would like to cut. And as Richard said, that that's really scary to us because that means that it could negatively affect um, the services that cities provide their residents. So as you tried to share that information with legislators and let them know, hey, this is really going to cut local services or this is going to be the financial impact, you know, in general, was there a general response you received or you know, what was the reaction like? Well, actually, that is kind of a theme this year among some legislators. Essentially, you know, we've cut our taxes at the state level. Uh, it's time to cut taxes at the local level. And this is a perfect time because cities are flush with cash. I can't tell you how many times I heard that in hearings, in, in, in offices, in the halls. And, you know, part, part of it is due to the ARPA money, that one-time money, and that's just one-time money for – and paying for these public public facilities and infrastructure we've been neglecting because of revenue. Um, but um, so that was a theme and, um, and that's going to continue next session too. I, it's, it's um, I think they've, the state's cut as much as they can from their income tax to make it still viable. And now there some legislators going to be looking at other ways to uh, have cut taxes where they can go to the voter and say, I'm cutting taxes. And next year is going to be an election year. So there's going to be a real desire to show the electorate that, that they're bringing down taxes and cutting, cutting government spending. And uh, we have to really demonstrate to legislators also to the public that, you know, this revenue is not, you know, profits as some legislators has characterized. It's, it's, it's revenue that, that, citizens voted on to pay for services that they wanted. So it wasn't something that the city government or city officials dreamed up and, and initiated it came from the people. And so what's happening, they're cutting services to, to those voter supported activities. And we've got to get that message across. That's exactly right. It's voter supported. And in some instances, as you know, um, it is required by the Constitution that things must be paid for, uh, like the use of the city right of way, things like that. So, yeah, it, there's definitely an effort to continue to cut. Everybody understands it. There were some there were some good things that happened this year Um uh, with the property tax freeze for senior citizens and um, elimination of state income tax on social security benefits. I mean, those are a couple of really great things that, that happen. Um, but I would, I would love to know the fiscal note if we added up the over 60 plus bills and resolutions that they filed trying to cut a sales tax on local government. Um, what that fiscal note would look like. And I think everyone would be surprised to see how many billions and billions. Way over $2 billion. Yeah. Way over, well, just food alone is over, oh, it's like 1.3 billion. Yeah, so for, that's for just the food. For, the food. for the food, right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it would be billions and billions of dollars, you know, and then we look at, they're looking at, you know, phasing out or eliminating the property tax. And, uh, you know, none of these proposals have any plan for, you know, real, any kind of revenue replacement. And so that's the question that we always ask, well, how are we supposed to pay for these services? How, how are the schools going to survive? You know, what are the fire departments going to do in the police departments? And so um, I suspect that, that at some point they'll make a cut and then, and then they'll see how it truly affects the local economy. 
you know, that, that that argument certainly has, you know, resonated with some legislators, but it's going to be important for city officials to tell their legislators where they're spending their money, uh, where the tax dollars are going, because they have to understand that connection between the taxes and the services. And some legislators don't get that point. They don't understand that connection. I, I was at a hearing uh, in the House on a Senate bill and the Senate sponsor called the revenue from uh, sales tax city profits. It's not city profits. It's the revenue to pay for essential local services. But that's the mindset we have to change. And it's all of us, all the city uh, officials around the state, we need to communicate that to our legislators because um, that's really, I think, causing a problem. Um, you know, I think some leg- legislators see cities as as the, as the enemy, and we're not the enemy. City officials are the partner in governance of the state. Yeah, I know people get really tired of me saying this all the time, but it is just so important, again, that when cities receive a fiscal note request, that if they have the ability to do it, to, to please respond to them. And if they don't, to contact the league and have the league help you get it done. Because if you don't respond to a fiscal note and the fiscal note just says unknown, lawmakers look at unknown like it's zero instead of like it could be from here to you know infinity. They look at it as zero. And so it really makes a difference and it helps us um, to pull lawmakers that, you know, can see what the specific impact is going to be to their city, you know, to help us on these issues, knowing that a city, for example, even though a large city can't afford to just lose $12 million a year, you know, in one bill. So um, again, those bills add up. So I think it, I think that, uh, I, I believe that the, the league is going to really make some efforts this summer to work with legislative oversight about the fiscal notes and, and how we can make streamline the process to make hopefully make it easier um, for our cities to be able to respond to those because it is critically important. Yeah. Well, glad you brought that up, Shannon, because, yeah, yes, I met with uh, the director of the legislative oversight uh, last week, uh, last week of session. And we talked about how to make that process easier for our cities and uh, what's what um, how we can help in that process. So. Uh, we'll be kind of working out a plan with, let's say, research on making it easier. Probably the league doing more triaging and identifying those important bills that have to be um, be uh, a fiscal that needs to be submitted. Because you know, city officials get a, a lot of those uh, those requests, and they don't have t- city officials don't have time to really weed through that. So we're going to devise a process where we weed through those and uh, then send those out. Because um, in the past few years, you know, we weren't able to do that. Now, uh, let's say research has kind of changed their policy and let they would let us get more involved and more engaged in that fiscal note process. We can't write them, but they'll let us, you know, um, triage it and also send those out. So I think now we're all on the on the same page. And we've also been working with the Missouri Association of Counties and Missouri uh, School Board Association on that same issue. So we maybe do something jointly. Um, well, so that'll be a really important improvement. What else, now that session's over and legislators are heading back to their home areas, what else can municipal officials be doing during this interim before the next session begins? Well, just building those relationships with, with legislators and showing them 
what what they're doing at the local level, what projects, what what concerns they have, what what issues they have with right of way management. I talked to a city uh, manager yesterday about the right of way and how subcontractors are just leaving projects and and work you know incomplete incompleted. And the city has to deal with it. I mean, and I, and as I told that, that city manager, you got to call your legislator and get, show them, look what's happening because they don't understand that. So engaging our senators and our representatives at the local level uh, is extremely important. And now's the time to do it because we're in, we're in the off session. Most of them are back in the district an awful lot more. You know, you, you should get to know them now on a personal level, whether you invite them to coffee or you invite them to come attend some function that you have going on in the city. It's really important because here's what you don't want to do. You don't want to have a legislative crisis next session and, and not have that relationship with your lawmaker. And we're begging you to call your lawmaker because we need, we need help, um, on an issue and, and you don't have that relationship. And it is not the time to establish a relationship when you're in a crisis situation, um, that you should already have that relationship established so that it's very easy for you to call. And when you do, you may even have that lawmaker cell phone number. You may not have to send the text message or leave a voicemail at their office. You may be able to, you know, just reach out to them directly and get them on the cell phone and have a talk with them. And that's what you, that's the kind of access that you want to be able to have. And it makes a difference. It does. A big so what will the summer look like for the two of you? You've been at the Capitol every day for months. Uh, you'll be working on some of the fiscal notes, streamlining. So what other things do you have well, planned? You know, we'll be, you, know, it's, you know, off session, we have our, you know, the association work, you know, the league does a lot of different things. But from a legislative standpoint, you know, we'll be looking at what issues we, we need to maybe address. I mean, you know, I was talking about being proactive and you know, the league tends to be very defensive because we have so many bills that are introduced that harm cities. But we would like to be proactive and fix some things when we can. So identifying some areas that we could be proactive uh, is a sunshine law, uh, uh, the right of way legislation. I mean, just things that we could do to improve uh, how uh, city officials can do their job. Uh, so that, that'll be important. And also working with legislators, we already have commitments with several legislators that uh, we don't agree with to sit down with them and talk about their their issues where we can be, come to some common ground or make it less uh, less of a problem. So, we'll, you know, there's always always people and issues to talk about. You know, there's never a, a lack of that. Yeah, I'm sure that the that the legal start its uh, travels to regional meetings, uh, informing people about what happened during the legislative session. I know you, there's an upcoming board meeting yet this week where we will present um, to the board about what happened this legislative session. And uh, and then, as Richard said, <clears throat> we have some other traveling that we need to do too to go uh, to the districts and work with some lawmakers on on some bills that didn't pass or some some things that we know need work. We want to go ahead and we use this time to start drafting legislation, securing bill sponsors, just being ready because. You know, we typically like to, if we can, pre-file in December. It just gives us a better chance, especially in the Senate. The way that the process works is a little bit different than the House. In the House, you know, you can file a bill whenever, and if the Speaker wants to assign it to a committee, they can do it that day. But in the Senate, all bills are referred 
and, and they are referred in order. So if you file late, uh, a chance of getting a hearing on your bill is really hard. So we try to uh, pre-file. It, it does give people, you know, early insight, no surprises into what you're doing. Typically, there's not a whole lot of surprise in anything we're doing with local government anyway. So we're not trying to uh, hold anything back from folks. So it's best for us just to, just to get things pre-filed in December. No, absolutely. Well, I know we have one more capital report that'll go out that kind of sums up the session. So we hope members will be watching for that. And of course, during session, watching for that every week. But in the meantime, Richard and Shannon, I know members are just so appreciative of everything that you've, all the work that you've put in and everything you've done over the last five months. I want to encourage our, all members, city officials to feel free to call us anytime with any comments, questions, concerns, uh, it, it, we, we're a team. They're part of the team. We're all a team. We need to stay communi- in communications. Absolutely. And I, I can't, I can't get off of this podcast today without um, giving a shout out to who I think is my current new favorite superhero, um, Senator Cindy O'Loughlin, the majority floor leader in the Senate. Um, that was one of my other big surprises about this session. I mean, she ran that Senate and she ran it better than anyone I've seen in a while. And, and there have been some really good ones. So I'm not trying to say that others haven't done a great job. I'm just saying she did an outstanding job. And people talk a lot about the dysfunction of the Senate. And that's a buzzword. People like to say that. But the Senate is a different. It, it, it runs differently. It has the power of the filibuster. That's a very important tool that they have that I don't think will ever go away, even though people talk about it. I don't think it's going to. It is what definitely distinguishes them between the, themselves and the House of Representatives. And uh, and I tell you, some people want to call that dysfunction. I tell you what, and I think Richard will agree when I say it, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, the process of slowing things down the last week of session was extremely helpful to local government. Extremely helpful to local government. So, um, you know, with that, I will say, though, that she did an excellent job. And I am so impressed with her. And one more person is Senator Tracy McCreary. She is a a friend to local governments. And uh, we could have done half the stuff we did without her assistance. And and, and, and I guess we'd be remiss if we did not... uh, Give a shout out to Representative Bill Faulkner, chairman of local government, former mayor, friend to local government, and and always watching our backs for us even when we can't watch it ourselves. So he's he's our, he's our champion. He, he definitely no is. So just you know, I, thank you. And 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 if you any of you have a chance to talk with any of those people, um, sharing your appreciation for their work with them. Uh, we would ask that you do that because they are they they've all done a great job this year. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. Well, thank you both for your time today. And uh, as I mentioned, we'll have an, the final capital report coming out soon. So watch for that. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Laura. Thank okay. you, Richard. Thank you all so much for joining us today. And listeners, be watching for future Missouri City View podcasts to learn more about the Missouri Municipal League. Visit MoCities.com. dot